Raiding the Kingdom, your premier Raiders and Chiefs podcast. Uh, today it is kind of me solo because uh, Eric is MIA, so no Chiefs coverage today, but I found the best replacement possible. Uh, Tashawn Reed from The Athletic covering the Raiders uh, since 2020, I believe. Yep, yep. First welcome, year in welcome, Vegas. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me, man. Of course. So uh, you came in St. Louis, Tallahassee, Vegas, and you come in the COVID year. Mm-hmm. Before we get to everything going on now, how has that adjustment been? I mean, you were just telling me that the temperature out there, yeah. the team, you were covering college ball. So what's the adjustment been like? It's been a year or two. Yeah, it was a pretty big one because um, I had never really been – I had never been further west than Denver before I moved to, to Vegas. So I had no experience with anything that was Pacific time zone. So from that, like not being – going from Eastern to Pacific was a big adjustment in terms of my sleep schedule. Uh, the weather, I moved here in June. So it was peak Vegas summer. That was an adjustment being from you know St. Louis, Tallahassee, obviously pretty humid places. Um, going to be in 110 and all these other crazy temperatures was, was an adjustment. And then obviously, uh, you know, being in the midst of a global pandemic within all that, you know, we, we still didn't really all the way know what was going on in June of that year. We had a good idea, but it was like, I don't know, is this going to last the whole year? Is it going to go next year? Obviously we're still in it now. So the answer was yes. Didn't know that then. Um, didn't know if the season was going to happen on time. Um, had never been around the Raiders in person at that point in my coverage of the team because, you know, OTAs were canceled, training camp hasn't started yet. So there's a lot of transitions going on, you know, and I was kind of honestly figuring it out as I went. Um, that season probably wasn't the, the best season for, for Raiders fans, I guess. No. Kind of another average one, but yeah, uh, nobody could come to the new stadium even to, like, see the new digs. So it was probably a weird year for fans as, as well, I imagine, but – the last year was uh, a chaotic, but but more fun year. Yeah, so your first like live season, at least you get. I mean, you got to see the Chargers and the Colts, and how everything went down with that. So that's and then obviously a playoff uh, brief run, but it's still exciting for the rest of us. You know, we want to see something. So yeah, I mean, the first year was still you know like um, while there were no fans in the stands. It was I mean they played a lot of top tier games that first year, so it was like I got oh see- yeah. Brady, you know, uh, you know, Philip Rivers in his last year, Drew Brees. Oh, yeah, the opening uh, game, yeah. You know, obviously the Patrick Mahomes in the division. It was, it was Justin Herbert's rookie year, right? So, like, yeah. um, saw a lot of good quarterback play that year. The, the games weren't always the best, especially the, uh, the um, you know, the, the Colts one in particular stands out. And a couple yeah, that was that, that well. got away from them. But, like, you know, just the, the experience itself was still, was still pretty cool. Exactly. Well, well, we'll talk about those AFC West quarterbacks in a, in a little bit. But, yeah, there's uh, some top-tier talent there. But today you were at the location that pretty much every Raiders fan in the world wants to be at today. You were on the sideline at training camp. Just tell us how, how the first day was. I know there was no pads, but you got to see some – I mean, I, I was refreshing your Twitter as much as I could just to get either you or Vic or you know Vinny over there. Just give me whatever. So what was yeah. the experience of the first day like? Well, your your wording of on the sideline, a sideline in particular. Was, I did see a little bit very, of a distant shot. <laughs> it was uh, it's a great verb usage there. Um, yeah, because you know they they have three fields outdoors, and so um, it's a little bit of gamesmanship. You know, they do a lot of their stuff on on the second and third field, while we have to stay on that field. So, um, not a ton of like you know meaningful takeaways. Also, just not only them not being in pads, but. Today, they didn't even do many, you know, 11-on-11 11 11 drills, you know, where it was offense mm-hmm. versus defense. It was mostly 
you know, individual drills or the offense doing drills on air or the defense doing drills on air or, or against under uh, other defenders, you know, acting as offensive players. So right. it wasn't a lot to really, you know, it was mostly guys running around. It's, that's the first day of camp for, for a lot of people. Um, right. It was more so getting a feel for, you know, who was out there. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, they had some guys go on the pup list this, this week, um, you know, and so, so taking stock and who was coming back, you know, guys like Kenyon Drake, Denzel Good. Um, so it was more, more so about, you know, getting like attendance, um, you know, kind of getting the lay of the land and it was any meaningful takeaways really until the past come on anyway. Exactly. Even if everybody's out there, there's nothing super relevant that happens. This, you know, you might, right. you might see something cool and, and, and wide receiver on cornerbacks drills, but we didn't even have that, have that today. So, I mean, honestly, wasn't too much for you. It was hot. Right. Um, some fans out there that were cheering for some, really? for some nice Devontae Adams catches against nobody. Oh, yeah. Um, so. <laughs> the slow, slow motion of yeah. probably yeah. a half speed, a uh, little hitch route. Yeah, I saw that yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's what today was. Well, hey, it's got to start somewhere. I mean, it, it's so exciting regardless. And uh, as you mentioned, the pup list, um, you know, Trayvon Mullen, cornerback kind of comes to mind. There's going to be a lot of um, position groups that, you know, we're going to see some battles, some – uh, guys that we thought might be starters are going to kind of might see their way to that second second part. Are there any specific position battles that you're looking at or that you expect to see kind of a bit of maybe surprise to the fans or anything along that those lines? Yeah, it may not be a surprise, but I think the most important position battles are, are on the offensive line. Um, you know, right tackle is the one that's gotten a lot of attention. Big time. Um, between Alex Leatherwood and Brandon Parker, you know, sort of going back and forth. They've been rotating throughout OTAs, and the first day they were rotating again. That's probably going to continue, you know, in the training camp until they, they end up determining who's a start, who the starter is going to be. Um, but also at, uh, at guard, you know, there's a little bit of a battle um, that seems to be developing between between John Simpson and, and, and Dylan Parham, um, I, I believe, because Parham, you know, it was, it was it stood out to me in OTAs was he was working a lot with the second team, the offensive line at guard, and he wouldn't play center unless it was third team, you know, and so it seemed like they kind of viewed him a little bit more favorably at guard than center, even though a lot of the discourse, you know, coming out of the draft was, you know, maybe he's going to switch to center, that kind of thing. Uh, he's listed as a guard on the, on the roster, for example. So I guess it shouldn't be too too uh, surprising to say they told us, "Hey, he's a guard. He's a guard. He's a guard." And now we're seeing, you know, he's being a guard. Um, and so it seems like he has a better shot. I'm still, you know, I, I would say John Simpson took the vast majority of of the reps. I would say, um, but if he's going to end up carving out a starting role, it seems like it's going to be a guard more so than at center, unless Andre James, you know, gets hurt or something of that that nature. Knock on wood. Um, and so I, th- I think if that continues to develop as camp goes on, those two spots, um, you know, kind of Dylan Parham at, at, at maybe pushing at left guard with John Simpson and, um, you know, Alex Otherwood and Brandon Parker battling it out. Um, Denzel Good, you know, him coming back, I think they're going to bring him along slowly. Like they still had Lester Cotton Sr. out there at right guard, but like it would be hard pressed for me to believe that like Lester Cotton Sr. is going to be the starting right guard when the season opens. And so I think it's just more so about, Denzel good getting back to being himself before he's ready to step back into that that spot. Exactly. Um, and with the, the offensive line, you know, we, there's a lot of discussion about, you know, the uh, 2019 draft class, none of the fifth year options are being picked up. Um, a lot of criticism, obviously on, on Josh Jacobs, who I am a big fan of. And I think that he can only do so much behind whatever line he's given. He can make something out of not so much. I won't say nothing. Cause those guys, you know, they, they did a, uh, create some holes for him last season. Then they draft Samir white. Um, 
Do you think that's going to be more of a battle or kind of we're seeing a transition into maybe 2023? You're not seeing that? Yeah, I think that's more about next year than it is this year. For one, they're paying Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake a lot of money. And so I think, especially since they're not on the team anymore, not set to be on the team anymore after this year, uh, you might as well take advantage of that and run run those guys to the ground, theoretically. I'm not saying that literally, but like – and then, you know, maybe in the future you go turn to a younger guy like Zamir White or something of that nature. Obviously, things could change. If Josh Jacobs goes out there this year and he balls out of his mind, you know, maybe that changes the math on that a little bit. But um, I think it's going to be more so led by the veterans this year. Um, yeah. You know. But Josh Jacobs is a guy who's had a lot of injuries in the past. And even Kenyon Drake last year, he's coming off a broken ankle. Um, so if there are some injuries, which at running back, you know, is more likely than other positions, then, you know, Zamir White, I think they, they think he could be ready to step into a bigger role this season, but he doesn't really have to. And there's really, especially running backs, you know, there's only so much tread on those tires a lot of the time. So if you have other guys, Josh Jacobs, you know, when he's healthy, he's a pretty good back. And I get, you know, you have a bum out there or something. That no, absolutely not. And there's no, there's no reason really to, to rush a rookie back out there, I wouldn't say. Right. And I was kind of trying to make the same comparison. Like, I think Jacobs is a little bit more effective in the passing game than what I saw um, from Zamir's college tape, but also I, th- I think about um, my brother's a Packers fan, the way they kind of eased AJ Dillon into things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Aaron Jones is probably kind of the better compliment in the passing game. Then you get Jacobs, you get the power back with Dillon. Maybe we kind of see Zamir take on that kind of role. I think they both just have different strengths. So obviously you're going to get a front row to see that. But um, I was just curious how, you know, the, my co-host who's not here predicted Zamir would be the starting back. Mm-hmm. Midway through the season, I, I'm not quite yeah, sure. Unless something happens with Josh getting injured, which he's been injured a lot, so that's not a bad yeah. prediction. Halfway through the season, something may happen. But actually, right. they're they're kind of they're a little similar because Josh Jacobs isn't really that good of a receiving back. I wouldn't say. Um, I, I would say I think he's a better pass blocker at this point than Zamir okay. White is. Um, like Zamir White physically can pass block. He just didn't do that great of a job of it in college. Right. I think King and Drake obviously is more of the, the receiving back kind of Definitely. Back outside the tackle. So I think he fills that role for them. And then Brandon Bolden's kind of a third down back. The shirt, you know, he's, he knows the system. He's a good pass blocker. He's not busting off any crazy runs or anything like that or, or you know, 40 yards downfield on a route, but he's a solid third down back. Um, and so I think Zamir White is kind of, he's kind of button heads with Josh Jacobs in terms of there are more guys running between the tackles. Um, you know, they're not necessarily like they're, they're both like four four speed guys. So they're not like blazingly fast, but they're fast enough to where if they have a hole, they can create a big play if it's there. And so, and I think that's part of it too. If Zamir White was like this, you know, Alvin Kamara, Austin Eckler type back that was a super receiving threat, then maybe he would have a bigger role this year. But I think since he's, you know, more like Josh Jacobs, I think it's kind of redundant. You might as well, like I said, with Josh Jacobs being pretty good, you might as well put those that tread on his tires instead. Exactly. No, that's a great point. I mean, an Alvin Kamara and Eckler would be nice. I'm just saying, but yeah, yeah, that'd be great. (laughs) That's what he is. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Now with the, obviously it was kind of a smaller draft. We talked about, you know, they picked up five or six guys. Um, They did pretty well in free agency. Is there anyone either on either side, the draft or free agency that kind of particularly excites you that you want to see how they do in this system? And, you know, obviously offense and defense is all it's all different this year from from last season. So anyone that sticks out that you're kind of looking, keeping your eye on. Um, I would have said Bilal Nichols, but he's on the physically. Uh, he's like really the only defensive tackle on the roster that has been a veteran that had like some pass rush juice in the past in terms of from the from, as an interior defensive lineman. 
you know, he didn't have like 10 sacks or anything like that, but he, he would have a few, you know, pretty regularly up there with the Bears. Um, but with him being sidelined, you know, kind of we'll see how long when. Um, I think I would kind of turn to Rock Yassin. I think he might be, you know, um, he, he, even though he was a trade, I guess he wasn't free agency, but I would kind of throw him in that same that same bucket. Um, he, he's one of, one of the most important players on the defense, especially with Trayvon Mullen still being on, being on the pup list as well. Um, you know, they, they really only have two corners that have a history of being solid starters, and that's Rocky Sin and Anthony Everett. And so Rocky Sin, you know, he kind of has some highs and lows with the Colts, you know, kind of up and down player. And so if he ends up struggling pretty poorly and Trayvon Mullen isn't isn't healthy, they're going to be in a tough spot. But if he ends up being really good, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of hold down the fort a little bit for him. I think it would be Anthony Everett more so who Trayvon Mullen would swap out with if he's if he's healthy. Um, but I thought I'll probably highlight Rocky Sin to see, see what he's got. He's a pretty young guy. I mean, he's only been in the league three or four years, I believe. And so he could have some upside as well. You know, whatever he was with the Colts, he could improve and get better, um, here with the Raiders. And so I would circle him because I think if he doesn't pan out, I would look at that secondary as a, as a pretty big area of concern on the defense. Right. And it was, you know, we already touched on the O-line and the secondary was one of the, the groups that I was also getting nervous about. I'm watching the free agents climb. I was a lot of people were looking at James Bradbury, um, hoping that he might slide our way. Cause you know, you know, it's, it's nice to say that you want to have that elite corner and elite receiver kind of like, you know, we'll say the Rams, Jalen Ramsey and, and Cooper cup. We got Devonte. If anyone out there didn't know that we have Devonte Adams. Um, and then, yeah, the cornerback room, it's, you know, Trayvon Mullen has been banged up a little bit. And then Anthony Everett, I, I did like in Baltimore, he did have the, the benefit of working the field with Marlon Humphrey, um, and we don't have Marlon Humphrey uh, having in a while, but um, yeah, but I mean the Ravens played a pretty aggressive style of defense as they always have, as as the Raiders found out last year uh, to get yep. advantage of in overtime. Um, and so uh, if he played well in that system, uh, I feel like he could hang. You know, I mean, he, you know, it was, it was I was probably his first year really being. I wouldn't say he wasn't even a full time starter, but starting most of the season, I believe, in his career. So it's a small sample size. Um, but if you're able to replicate some of that. You know, I think that's a solid duo. You just have zero margin for anybody else to get hurt um, outside of Trayvon Mullen if he's not able to recover in time. Because really, outside of that, it's like a Meek Robertson would probably be the next guy at outside corner. Um, and and while he was getting some looks at OTAs, I mean, he's still five eight. And I think this is tough, especially against going up against some of the receivers, not only in his division, but you know they're matched up with the NFC West, some of the division, some of the receivers in that division as well. Um, I don't. I don't know. If physically, even if he has a skill set, he could match up with some of those guys if he had to due to injury. And so, margin is going to be pretty tight at cornerback. And so, um, you know, for their sake, they need they need Trayvon Mullen to get back at some point. Definitely. Obviously, I'm excited to see Nate Hobbs get into his second year and hopefully keeps it clean off the field. But he's he's a very you know young, exciting player to watch, and he he had some big moments last season. Um, and then you know, safety position, Trayvon Merrigan is great. Um, I am hearing some rumors that it's rumors second day of training camp or first day that um you know Harmon could possibly succeed Jonathan Abram at the strong safety spot I mean I don't know how you say that this early but I wouldn't yeah you know, nobody knows at this point right. it's just hard well if you don't know then uh, I mean no one else gonna know yeah I mean <laughs> uh I would say Abram has the edge in that battle just off of what I've seen so far but um you know, again, pad they had they didn't pack practicing pads and OTAs because they're not allowed to they haven't practiced in pads so far so none of this I was about to cuss. I don't know if I can cuss on here, but none, 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 yeah, yeah, none stuff really it. matters uh, yeah. in the grand scheme of things. Um, yet at this point, you know, Jonathan Abram, I think 
I, you know, it scares some people, but I understand going with the younger guy theoretically who could have some upside. Deron Harmon, at this point, he's 31 years old. Like, he's been okay the last couple of years, but it's been like, it's been okay. You know what I mean? Right. Like, um, he hasn't been on the best teams either. So I'm not acting like he was surrounded by these all stars and he was the liability or something, but he's like a solid safety, like ideally your third safety type guy. So. Mm-hmm. He's better. He's more versatile, I would say, than Jonathan Abram has been. Jonathan Abram has pretty much only been a box safety so far throughout his career um, in terms of where he's been effective. Uh, right. Whenever he's a too deep safety or too high safety or has to do some other role, things get kind of wonky in coverage. And so yes. with Deron Harmon, even though he, he may not – he's kind of pretty much just you know, say average or maybe a little bit above average. He can play slot, slot corner in certain situations. He can play free safety, he can play strong safety, he can play box safety. So you can like move him around some more. And so it may have been, be, end up being a situation maybe where, you know, you kind of try as much as you can to, to put Abram in roles where he's effective in. So maybe if, you know, this formation calls for a box safety or somebody close to the line of scrimmage, maybe you roll with Abram if you're like, it's third and 25 and you want to play too high and back up 20 yards. Maybe you put Harmon out there because you trust him more. So I don't know. You know, we've seen teams do that before. I think ideally you just want to have one guy out there and not have to run guys off and on the sidelines. Um, so at some point, Abram's going to have to cover down. This is all going to be like, he has to get better in coverage and you know, the way Patrick Graham with his system, he has his safeties to be a lot more versatile. He's not like Gus Bradley. They're not playing single high every snap. You know, they're going to play too high. They're going to play single high. They're going to mix it up with other things going on, three safety lineups. And so he's going to have to become more versatile and more consistent in coverage to, to stay on the field for longer. But the simple fact of the matter is he's going to be part of that safety rotation, whether he's 50-50 or 55-40 or whatever it ends up being. Like, he's going to be out there. And so fans might as well accept that because it's going to happen. So it's just a matter of whether or not He's able to perform better with another year of developing and, and in a new system. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, especially against the Chiefs, I can't see any more uh, single high. I think we kind of learned our lesson with, with the outscoring there uh, last you season. I, 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 yeah. And you didn't, I'm, I'm sure you were probably busy and couldn't listen to the episodes, but I got absolutely torn apart um, after those games on the show by my co-host. So I, I really need a little competitive juice against Actually the Chiefs. Actually so. Year. I mean, that was those. Yeah. It wasn't even close. No, nope, it wasn't. No, if it was the other way around, you would have did the same thing, you know? For sure. Oh, I, oh, you know I would have. But then the whole uh, the standing on the logo at center field thing, Trayvon Mullen. And yeah, then, that uh, wasn't the, the best idea. No, it didn't work out for me. But um, And then kind of on the subject of the Chiefs as we get towards the end here. So I think in my notes I actually wrote, got whooped by the Chiefs. So we covered that part. Um, they made a lot of off season changes as well. They're kind of lean more towards, uh, you know, the free agent wide receivers. They made some moves in the draft. Both those first went, uh, defensive additions. And I know you're not the beat writer for the chiefs. You got Aaron Ladd, I'm sure filling you with some info. Um, but getting rid of Tyreek and Tyron, do you expect maybe to see the Raiders to be a bit more competitive this year with them? Or do you think it's kind of just up in the year? Um, I don't know, man. I, th- I think obviously, I think the the Chiefs' offense—you have to say it took a, t- a step back losing Tyreek Hill. But like taking a step back from being like the best offense in the league the last three or four years may still be really good. I don't know. Like yeah. they still have Patrick Mahomes. I know people are like debating, you know, whether Tyreek Hill made Patrick Mahomes. I- I've seen him play enough football at this point to know that he's different than top top one, top two quarterbacks in the league. And so I have a feeling like they're still going to 
to have a pretty good offense. And so it's going to be more about is the Raiders defense better? You know, and I think, you know, Please for one, God. their plan would be a little more varied, I would assume. I don't think they're going to play single high cover three every snap on defense. Thank you. So at least you have that. Yeah, um, need it. But as we've been talking about, you know, cornerback, that cornerback situation, defensive tackles now with, you know, not just Bilal Nichols, but Jonathan Hankins on, on the pup list and also uh, Vernon Butler going on, a, on the non-football injury list. Um, they're a little bit, you know, it's kind of shaky at defensive tackle. Like, obviously, you have Chandler Jones and, and, and Max Crosby on the edge, but, you know, they have a and safety, like we've been talking about. You know, they have a few spots on defense where even though you have a new coordinator, it's like, like you don't feel nearly as good about the defense as you feel about the offense. And so no. maybe it's more of a shootout this year. But I would say, you know, the Chiefs defense got better. You know, they got worse on offense, but they probably got better on defense. And so I would agree. Yeah. I wouldn't assume anything. Like, I don't think, you know, I, I think they would fare better than, what was it, 40, 40-something 40 to 12 or something like that. did the math the other day. It was, like, outscored with, like, 80-something to yeah, 27. Yeah. So I don't, I don't see that happening. But, like, okay, are they necessarily going to be better than the Chiefs now? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I think the Chiefs are still going to be pretty good, and I think those defensive concerns that you have, and mm. I just think the overall quality of this division. I think this, like, it wouldn't surprise me if like the worst team in this division had like nine or ten wins. It's absurd. So but that's you could yeah. be pretty good. Like they could be a better team. The Raiders could be a better team than they were last year and finish worse, yeah. just because of the division getting so much better. And that could also go for other teams in the division as well. Um, so. Yeah, I think it's going to be a weird situation that where it's more so not so much looking at, I guess, the results at the end of the year, but like watching the team. Because like, I think the Raiders are a better team now than they were last year, just on paper. Um, right. We'll have to see with the coaching changes, how that all pans out. But just because that's the case doesn't mean they're going to be 10-7, doesn't mean they're going to make the playoffs. So I think it's going to be tight. You know, I think it's going to be down the stretch, which um, is good for me, good for business. Maybe not oh, so it's gonna be real good for you. Yeah. Blood pressure of like fan base. Fan base no. is involved, but uh, I think it'll be entertaining for sure. Uh, I'm definitely gonna agree with that. Um, yeah, we had a whole in a whole episode just when Russell Wilson came into the picture because we always had that on our backs. You know, the Broncos they have all the pieces, but they're just missing that quarterback. I'm like, oh, yeah. you actually you went and got a quarterback. Great, thanks a lot. It was Russell Wilson. Yeah, yeah. great. Um, so now uh, we we actually asked Aaron the same question when we wrapped up. I don't want to see what your answer is. Um, if you had to pick one team in the division. Because you're not a homer, you're a reporter, a journalist. You're not. Well, I don't know. You can consider yourself a Raiders fan, Raiders no. enthusiast. No. no, okay. You're <laughs> totally objective. Perfect. No, I'm the guy with the NFL hat on. I don't the know. Guy the, <laughs> oh yeah, what's his name? Yeah, dressed like the ref. Yeah. All right. Um, which team would you have to pick to, to take the AFC West, and why? Mm. Man, that's tough. Um. The co-host would probably like this answer, I must say. I, th- I think it's still going to be the Chiefs. Oh, I, 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 just can't, I, just can't, I just can't do it. Uh, this is Patrick Mahomes, man. Sean, no. He's, he's just – and Justin Herbert is great too. I think I think they're the top two quarterbacks in the division. So I kind of bounce back and forth. It's either going to be the Chiefs or the Chargers. Sorry, it's not going to okay. be – Raiders aren't going to be able to pick. Um, That's, but, I didn't expect it. I just – the Chargers is tough because the Chargers always are going to charge you. You know what I mean? So it's like, if you look at the rosters, I think the Chargers may have the most balanced roster in the division. But it's like, yo, it's the Chargers. You know what I mean? So like, even when like they're supposed to do it, and it's like they're the preseason favorite, and everything's going well, something just happens. So like, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking it's still gonna be the Chiefs, man. I think it's gonna be really close. I don't, I don't have them like because they've comfortably won the division in the past. 
Oh, yeah. And last year, even, it looked like it was going to be like, oh, I don't know. Like, the Chiefs kind of suck. But then they end up comfortably winning the division. But I don't think it's going to be like that. I think if they win it, it'd be like, it could be off a tiebreaker or something like that. You know, kind of similar to the, the Raiders-Chargers situation at the end of last season. So, I think it's going to be neck and neck. So, I think, honestly, it's a cop-out. I think anybody legitimately could win this division. It's, it's that good in my mind. But it's just hard for me to pick against Patrick Mahomes. I know, I know. But, I like, also them having, like, I think their defense is going to be, like, pretty solid now. Yeah. Um, I have some questions, like I said, about the Raiders defense. Um, the Broncos defense, even though on paper it looks good, it didn't really live up to those expectations last year. So I'm kind of seeing where they pan out. The Chargers, they made all these additions. But again, I just don't know. Um, and so I, I think I'm going to roll with the Chiefs. Um, but I do think, you know, as a, as a plus today, I think, I think they're going to have three playoff teams in AFC West this year. So... But it's up you to whether know, or not the Raiders yeah. fill one of those three spots. Yeah. Okay. But, so I, I think you. I think I don't think winning the division is gonna you have to win the division to get into playoff. I think there are gonna be yeah. multiple playoff teams mm-hmm. from this division, which really is all that matters. I mean, like I guess it matters, you know, having to go on the road or not or whatever, but once you're in there, you can win it. So that's really the only thing that matters. I agree with you hundred percent. So Aaron picked the Chargers. Uh I had to put on my objective head on and I picked them as well. Mm-hmm. Um I same thing. I cannot breeze over the Chiefs. Pat Mahomes, Pat Mahomes. I think with or without Tyreek Hill, he's still going to be dynamic. He's still going to make plays out of nothing. Um, yeah. but And then the Chargers, you know, I had this weird feeling once they signed Khalil Mack, who was one of my favorite Raiders ever. And then, you know, that whole thing yeah. went down. But, you know, J.C. Jackson, him and Derwin James back there, there's just a lot of uh, – like you said, on paper, we got to see if it all if it all meshes. It, it look, you know, you can have the best fantasy roster, but things don't always work out. I think they're the most talented team in the division. I would right. say overall, from from on both sides of the ball, top to bottom, I think they're the most talented. But as we know, like that doesn't always guarantee success, you know. And another thing, obviously, injuries happen. You know, coaches do dumb stuff all the time. Like I don't know, maybe maybe their coach goes from on fourth down from their own twenty yard line or whatever it was. <laughs> A decisive game, and they lose when they should have won. Like, uh, I don't know. yeah, who knows? Like, call the, the, Chiefs, call like the timeout they, when you could have taken the tie. Yeah, like the that. Chiefs yeah. against the Bengals when they just don't run the ball because who knows why and losing the playoffs. So, like, teams do weird stuff sometimes. So, this can go either way. And as tight as I think it's going to be, something like that could cost you a playoff spot this year. And so, that's again, I think it's going to be the most entertaining division in football to watch this year. Absolutely, I hundred percent agree with you. All right, um, so we're wrapping that up. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, drop your Twitter handle. People should already have it. What what do we got? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess if they don't follow me by now, it's at Tashan Reed, T-A-S-H-A-N-R-E-E-D. I know my first name trips people up sometimes, but yeah, follow me. Shouldn't I'll be it? out here sweating in the in the summer, the oh summer Vegas sun. Uh, I think it'll be like 111 tomorrow or something oh like that. My. But I'll be out there for two hours watching them run around from two football fields away. So They give you an umbrella? No. No, I can bring I, one if I just, want. But there you go. All right, I'm just saying, taking notes. I got. I can't have my hands full with things like that. Well, you're dedicated, man. That's great. <laughs> all right, well, everyone, that was Tashawn Reed from the Athletic. Thank you so much. Uh, he said something about the Chiefs doing all right. We'll we'll talk about that at another <laughs> time. But thanks so much for coming on, man. We appreciate it, everyone. Follow Tashawn. Follow us. Twitter, all the socials, and uh, more stuff inbound. Thank you. Thanks for having me, man. <laughs>